Hi guys, thanks for joining us for another week uh, from Faulty Logics. This is the Raptors Den. Oh yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in for another week here. You're here with your man Peter and my man there, Dan. What up? Going to be talking a lot about NBA. A, a few new things happened this past week since the last time we were on the air. Uh, we can do a quick agenda of what we were expecting to head on here today. It's been a pretty crazy week, actually. It has been headline galore. I, I'm pretty impressed with what was happening here. Um, so just to start off, we could talk about our, our agenda that we were looking at to talk about. One of the big headlines that happened this past week was the firing of Jason Kidd from the uh, Milwaukee Bucks organization. We're going to touch about that, some coaches in general, some drama that a couple Eastern Conference teams are going themselves into right now, as well as um, some key injuries that happened in the last week, as well as the All-Star teams have been drafted, the reserves have been announced, teams have been represented. Um, Going into our base, touch base on that a little bit, see where some teams are lacking, some teams are more stronger in other areas. Um, as a whole, not as much Raptor-oriented for this week. The Raptors have had somewhat of a quiet week, only two games or so this week as well. Um, but let's get into into the coaching debate there, Dan. Yeah, pretty um, much. And right before we get started, of course. Uh, always got to remind you guys about this uh, giveaway that we're trying to do. Again, there's uh, two chances to win a $15 Google Play gift card. Um, just make sure you go down, hit that red subscribe button. Uh, make sure your profile is public so we can see that you're subscribed and leave a comment below on any of these uh, the Raptors Den podcasts so that uh, we can select you guys uh, from a hat. And uh, guys, we are really close to our goal of 100 subscribers. Honestly, if a couple of you guys tell a couple of people, that would get the ball rolling and that would be able to hand out these Google Play cards. We are really close to our marker. A couple more viewers, a couple more um, recommendations and we'll definitely get there. Yeah, definitely share with your, your friends and family and stuff like that. Help us help, help us get out there. Oh, yeah. All right, so, uh, yeah, starting with, with the, the firing with, of Jason Kidd. With the, the, the main thing with Jason Kidd there, I, I don't know about how you feel about that, Dan. I was thoroughly surprised. I know you sent me the link uh, there the other day on Monday. Yeah, it I was think on it was Monday. announced. Yeah, it yeah. was announced on Monday. I had no idea this was even in the works. <laughs> it, it floored me, like... Absolutely floored me. I'm not sure. I think it blindsided everyone, to Every, be honest. I, I'm not sure what the GM or the management, the owner, whoever made this decision was hoping to accomplish. But uh, honestly, I, I don't think it was a good move at all. Um, how, do, how do you feel about it, Dan? I, I think it was crazy as well, too. Like, completely surprising. I was caught off guard. As soon as I saw it, I had to tell you. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not the only one. Like, Giannis was blindsided, and he tried to see what he could do to help out as well, too. And that's what it, that's what it seemed like. It, it seemed like there was no communication between the people that were getting affected by this, the i.e. the players, and, and the upper management. It sort of was just like, I don't know if it was the owner or the GM felt it should go a different way than what they were already doing, and they just pulled the plug. The main thing that surprised me the most was the play that Giannis Antetokounmpo was having this season. He Every year he's been in the league, he has mm-hmm. grown, and he has gotten better. That's, right. that's without a doubt. But his progression from last year to this season has been unbelievable like the the overall points rebounds steals his shooting percentages through the roof as well compared to what it was last year i'm afraid this change of coaching change of styles game change of gameplay is going to hurt his growth as an nba superstar nba future all-star perennial juggernaut in this league with a new guy calling the shots 
Right. I think him and Kid had a good relationship, as you can tell, because Jonas was absolutely destroyed when he found out he was leaving. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be worth the payoff of what their new interim coach, John P. something. I, I've never heard of him before. I've seen his track record. <laughs> he has been with the Spurs. He has won a handful of championships. He is a, a qualified guy. But it's going to be different from Jason Kidd calling the shots. The, the one thing I remember about Jason Kidd as a coach is uh, well, one of my funniest, funniest coaching moments is he needed a timeout. He didn't have one. Mm-hmm. And he tells one of his team teams, uh, it's like, he'll bump into me. <laughs> this is back in the Brooklyn Nets days when he was, right. was coaching with the Nets. I so, think this was playoffs too. Like It was just <laughs> one of those things that only a veteran player would yes. think of. Like. A regular coach would never think of something like that. It's sort of like when you're playing basketball, you're on the bench, you see a guy taking a foul shot, you drop your water bottle, and you hear the clank, clank, clank right when he shoots. That's one of those sketchy, skeezy things to do, but only players would remember to do stuff like that. Hilarious. I love it. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping the best for Jason Kidd. I hope he lands on his feet. He's coached the Nets to a couple playoff runs. He's coached the Bucks to a couple playoff runs. Yeah. And it seems like every single time he goes in the playoffs, he runs into the Raptors. So <laughs> I'm glad he's not coaching this season. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't see it being beneficial. They are seventh in the East. Of course, that's a little bit le- – um, no, because they were sixth last year. So about where they were last year, I don't – I can't say that this is underperforming for the Bucks because if you look at their roster – yeah, they have they have um, Giannis. Yeah, they have Jabari Parker. I don't think he's played more than a couple months yeah. back to back. Um, and they have Malcolm Brogdon, who's also a pretty nice player too. They have right. Dada The team is decent, higher than seventh in the East. I, I think starting off the season they were struggling, uh, struggling a bit yeah. here and there. But um, ever since they made that Eric Bledsoe trade, oh, Eric Bledsoe, like, he's he's been doing really well, and yeah. I think the team has been playing better with better. Him. So that's what I, I don't know if there was, must have been a, a, a player riff with Jason Kidd or something of that nature. Their team, as you look on the roster, yeah, they're a pretty decent team. They should be in between the five to eight spot in the East where they are right now. Right. So why change directions? If I'm an owner, if I'm the general manager of this team, yes, this is not a successful season. It's not a failure season either. It's right. where I'm supposed to be. It's what I'm expecting going into the season. Why make a change of your coach? And That's I don't think, me. and and the thing with the change of coach too, I don't think the coaching is is it's bad. terrible. No. Like if if you're gonna say like, hey, we need to fire Dwayne Casey because he's a terrible offensive coach, then that's something that's understandable, right? Because he's defensive mind. We have to mm-hmm. change our entire system, but it doesn't seem like their system is that bad that you need to no. completely restructure their system. Right? No, it's not. They like to run up and down the court. They're a fast team. They're lanky. There's, their defense is nice because they have Tony Snell, who also has length as well. Like Their team is not bad. I don't – I hey, I don't know. This is, might be the reason why I'm not a general manager or uh, involved in the team because this is just absolutely ludicrous to me. Yeah. Um, they must have an idea of a coach that they're looking at at the offseason. Um, I know we were throwing around a couple names here before. I, um, Dave uh, Fisdale, yeah, the Fisdale. old uh, Grizzlies coach. I know he's available. He's looking for a job. There are a handful of coaches that are out there still as well, like Mark Jackson. I've Mark heard Jackson. him saying that he is looking to get a coaching job if he finds the right fit. Right. Don't think the Bucks would be the right fit. but um, So they must have an idea of a coach who they think 
would benefit their team or if they knew that this new interim coach, because they have already came out and said that he's going to be their coach for the rest of the season. They're not getting a hiring a new guy for this year. So maybe they thought that go from Jason Kidd to get a little bit more experience because this guy's been coaching for in the league, in the NBA for about nine to 10 years. Before that, he's had about 10 to 20 years of high school co- uh, coaching experience. So he is very well represented. He has had tons of coaching experience. They must have an idea going forward, I, I would hope. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jason Kidd as well, too. Does he continue coaching? I think he would. Why not? Uh, but where does he go? Yeah. What right. are the options? Well, one of the things that we can look at, too, is that um, the Cavaliers have been in talks about possibly firing Tyron Lue. And the interesting situation here is we've seen LeBron play his entire career with coaches that have been garbage. They're new. Garbage coaches. The the best the best coach he's probably ever played with. I would I would say maybe is Eric Spolstra. And it, it would be Eric Spolstra, but like really realistically, can you credit anything Eric Spolstra did when you right. had LeBron, Wade, Bosch on in their prime? Exactly. He's a young coach as well at that. Yeah, time. that was his first coaching job. Like so, I could have coached them to a championship. Like so. So what do you like? Yes, maybe they will fire Tyron Lue. Maybe not. But if they do. What do you think is the reason why he's never had a really good coach? Are these legit coaches trying to avoid him? Do they not want to deal with him because he is LeBron James at the end of the day? I, would, I wouldn't say that purely because good coaches like good talent. Like if you think of Michael, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant, they've all had one of those coaches that were just unbelievable. They've, with Michael, he's had Phil Jackson. Right. Same with Kobe, he had Phil Jackson. But even with Phil Jackson recently, he's been shying away. Disrespected a lot. Especially with the metal situation in the Knicks. Um, But there was always like the Pat Riley had um, Magic Johnson. Every coach, every good player had a decent coach. LeBron seems to not be the one anomaly in that um, realization. But I I, I can't see it's coaches avoiding LeBron. but I wanted to go back on the point that you said about Tyron Lue potentially getting moved on. I think Jason Kidd would be an absolute fantastic fit as a coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Another former player coach. Former player coach. One, and what's LeBron James have been saying for the last couple of years? We need a playmaker. We need someone that will facilitate. Who is a better facilitator than Jason Kidd when right. he's on the court? He understands. Like it's it's either game. Jason Kidd or Steven, Steve Nash. Like those are the two best facilitators in the most recent history. I think Jason Kidd, if he came to a team, had a nice point guard, a, a young point guard that can take under his wing, he can make one of those facilitators. Like he has done somewhat with Malcolm Brogdon, right. who was like a rookie, came out, he was a, a, a bigger guard, but he was a, playing a point guard. He was like a 6'5 point guard, right. which is unreal. Um, Giannis's growth with the ball and making play decisions has been huge with Jason Kidd. I think he could very well do that with an Isaiah Thomas. Like, Maybe not Isaiah Thomas because his scoring ability is is way better than anyone else's scoring ability. But he could very well make one of those facilitators. And like, yes, Taiwan Liu was a point guard. He was a I – I wasn't going to say a good point guard. He was a a great role player. He was a necessary Allie NBA Irison role player. gave him his career. Because <laughs> of the step over. Yes. But like he was a role player. Every team needs one of those role player kind of guys. He was not a superstar. He wasn't yeah. an all-star. Like right. there's, there's an all-star, there's a superstar. Right. He was neither. He was a good role player. Every team needs those four or five role players. 
I think Jason Kidd would very well be that superstar coach that they that they could use. Um, totally I like agree. To see. I, I like to see what happens there. Another option too is, like you said, David Fisdale is still on the market. Um, he has a great relationship with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade mm-hmm. from the Miami Heat days. days. Yeah. So they have respect for him. Um, it's a possibility that he could be a next coach as well too. And he could, and I was surprised when Fisdale got let go in the Grizzlies too, because they were they had a good run as well in the playoffs too. Like I don't know about the most uh, polarizing caption that he has, or the most quote, "You can't rook us." When he was talking about the referees giving them the bad calls because they were a new team, <laughs> I liked Fisdale. His energy was great. He seemed like a good player coach. Like you know what I mean. Like players would play for a guy right. like that. Seems very personable. I'd like to see Fisdale and get another job somewhere. That would be nice. Yeah, I would love to keep uh, see him get a job. I and know. Trying sorry just to try it, take, tie it back to the Raptors. There's been a lot of speculation of Jerry Stackhouse going to be a coach in the NBA. I'm not sure if people follow the G League here with the Raptors 905. They just recently won the championship under Jerry Stackhouse's coaching. He's been an assistant coach for the last three years with the Raptors, one full year with the 905, won a championship. He is going to get a job somewhere. If it's going to be the Bucs, I don't know. But I think he's going to be really good if he goes somewhere else. Yeah. So, otherwise, not too much interesting happened in the coaching world. Um I mean, this was one of the seasons where there was no coaching changes at all at the beginning yeah, of the season. Actually, no, now that you mention it, I don't remember any other coaches getting fired this season right. so far. So we're getting up to this midway point where also we, break. Yeah, we see two coaches get fired and uh, possibly another one. And yeah, it's going to yeah, be interesting. That, that's very interesting, especially because the trade deadline's like, what, eight days, ten days away? Mm-hmm. Um I always think if you're going to be making a coaching change, you have to do it before your teams are locked in. Yes. Because, like, there's no point of making a coaching change, bringing in a new coach who clashes with a couple people, and then you can't make any roster changes if you're going to do it. So that's one reason why maybe the Bucks did it now, to give them the ability to bring in a new piece that the new coach wants. Right. Um, hey, that, that could very well be it. If that is it, that's cool. Um, if if they don't make a coaching change now, then the players and the teams get locked in. It's it's not going to benefit anybody. So yeah. So moving on, we're going to talk about some of the uh, the drama, a lot of drama recently in terms of uh, player locker rooms. Being a Raptor fan, this is the perfect time, and this is exactly what we like to hear, purely because both of these drama teams have been coming out of the Eastern Conference yes. there, and they are Eastern Conference contenders um, as well. So like any advantage the Raptors can get, that is beautiful. Chemistry is humongous in the game of basketball. You need to Absolutely. respect and enjoy the people you're playing with and actually have a good relationship, or you're not going to go anywhere far in this league. Um, so... Going off of that... Let's it, start with the less juicy one. Yes. So, uh, John Wall decided to, um, I guess, call a players-only meeting. Which are very necessary throughout the season in the NBA. As a leader, that's his job. He's, he needs to keep his team in check. And uh, hopefully, as his, his teammates respect him on that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if he, he was the leader and he called the team meeting, I think that would make a lot of sense to me. Me too. Captains call team meetings all the time. 
That's what um, you should be doing as a yes, leader. Exactly. Going above and beyond your, your natural duties of just on the court and sitting down your, your family, your brotherhood, and saying, guys, something's not right. What is going on here? And let everyone have a chance to speak, voice their displeasure, what they like, what they don't like, and see if you can grow as a team. Unfortunately, doesn't look like that's what happened in the Wizards locker room. Not at all. Um, reports were coming out that they had that meeting. Um, John Wall was the first to speak, saying that there was um, a little bit of uh, concern about consistent effort being displayed by the whole team as a whole. Um, of course, I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know if names were said. Um, but from the reports I were reading, it seemed like it was as a whole that he was talking as a team wasn't putting in the effort 48 minutes a game, 82 games a season, um, a year. Um, it seems like some players took it personally, thinking he was po- pointing the finger at them specifically mm-hmm. or not taking any ownership of the, the team's letdown there. I'm not sure how, how you feel about that there, Darren. Um, how, how do you feel about the Wizards organization and the way that they're playing in the, in the recent days? Um, I think it's really interesting because I really like the Wizards. I, I'm a big fan of John Wall. I think he's highly underrated. Same with Bradley Beal. Yeah, and then uh, you'll see guys like when John Wall was out, you have guys like Martian Gortat who start underperforming. But once John Wall comes back in, he makes Martian Gortat good. Yep. So uh, in terms of the chemistry, like I don't, I've never seen anything that seems like a rift between them. Um, everything seems pretty good. They're all young guys. Um, yep. At the same time, you have these young guys that kind of seem like they do have egos as well. Yep. Like you got the. Uh, Kelly Morris, Oubre. Kelly Oubre. I think he's. Uh, I don't want to say cocky. I don't think anyone's really cocky, especially when you're in the league, because you've worked your butt to get there to right. where you are. So you, you you have the right to be a little bit confident. Right. Being a young guy in the league, this is his second year, maybe third. Something like that. that. Yeah. You you shouldn't be causing the drama that you're causing here, calling out right. shots, making making comments on Twitter and Instagram. Um, especially if your team has been. Uh, team that has been making it to the playoff every single year. Yep. Like if if your team is doing trash, and you're the new guy coming in and you're making a big impact, that's a different Makes story. Sense. You can you can say like, hey, I'm taking over the team now. Mm-hmm. But you're not taking shit away mm-hmm. from Bradley Beal and John no. Wall. You're not taking anything from anybody. <laughs> and it's the fact that your team is still competitive. They're fourth or fifth in the East as of right now. But it's the fact that you are still technically underperforming as a whole. The Wizards were always in the top four. Uh, in the conference last year. Um, now that you're sitting fifth and looking like you're only moving down, yeah. it's it's not time to start beating your chest, look at my stats, this is me. No, you got to start looking as a team and seeing where can we cut the fat to make an overall team better. Yeah, And don't get us wrong, we're not trying to say this is Kelly Oubre's problem. No, it's just not. It's just all speculation and this could be one of the reasons why. Yes. It might not be at all. No, but. of course. Um, I mean, coming from John Wall, he plays so damn hard every night. He plays. He tries to play through injuries and everything. Yeah. He he gives his all into the sport. Game. And uh, so him coming out and saying that other people are not uh, consistently playing as hard as they can, like from coming from him, you have to respect it because he is the one that's uh, leading by example. He yep. is doing it. He's not just talking. No, exactly. Right? Um, one of the all stars on the team. He's. Leading the team, he is realistically the only thing good that was happening in Washington for the last five years. Um, so hopefully, well, 
Hopefully or not, hopefully. As a basketball fan, I say hopefully they can get it together. As a Raptor fan, I hope they crash and burn. <laughs> um, but, of course, you always want to see the best foot four. You want the best competition on the court. So right. when you win, you can actually say you won. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I would like to see where they go from here. But moving on from the Wizards to the real drama that has taken the NBA by storm <laughs> was the Cavaliers drama and... Whereas the Wizards, you couldn't really see fingers being pointed at anybody else. Here, this is a, a big, bright red finger <laughs> flashing in the night, pointing straight at Kevin Love's face. Multiple like, fingers. Like, by everybody. <laughs> Multiple fingers, colors, lights. Like, this was Kevin Love, what are you doing? Like, word for word. So, if you guys somehow don't know about this yet, basically... Uh, Kevin Love was playing. I don't. I don't remember which game it was, but uh, three minutes into the game or something. I want to say the Nets or the Knicks or something like that. It wasn't a huge game. No, but uh, he he decided to uh, sit out. I guess he, he yeah he called a sick day. He called a personal day. Like who can say confidently you've never called a, a personal day that you you were sixty percent sick, but like you're like you know what? Forget it. They they can live with me for what one day. Right. Everyone's done it. But so because of this, uh, I guess during this team meeting that they had, uh, first person to point him out apparently is Isaiah Thomas, the new guy on the team. This, I don't know. What do you think? Like, one, I can understand, not understand why he did it, but I can understand like sort of why he did it. It's Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love's relationship. It's a lot more than just. They've played together for the last three months. This is going all the way back to their high school AAU days. These guys have known each other, played with each other since they were about 15, 16 years old. So these guys are, they know each other very, very well. So if anyone could call out Kevin Love for bullshit, it would be Isaiah Thomas. (laughs) Purely because he knows him since he was 16, 17 and he he can be like, Kevin, like, stop being a little girl and like, let's get a, keep going. Why are you, why are you sitting out today? So I understand why Isaiah Thomas was the first one to point the finger. But like you said, he's brand new. You shouldn't be pointing fingers at anybody when your team is underperforming. Let alone, you set out the first three months of the uh-huh. season. So you're just getting your feet under you anyways. So pointing out saying, Kevin, why are you taking a day off when you've had three months off? Kind of looks kind of weird to me. So that's what I don't understand. And a lot of people also bring up a similar point too where... Um, Kevin Love decided to call one night off, uh, miss one practice, and everyone's going in on him and hating on him and stuff. But you see a guy like Derek Rose, who had a sprained ankle, and he decides to go missing for a whole month. Yeah, like in the other times, like going back to Derek Rose on the other team when he was with the Knicks at the time, he just sort of walked away from the team and like went away for personal reasons and never just came and, and came back later. That situation yes that is a main situation to point the finger and go what the hell are you doing bro but no one did that in the next organization they kept it all in the house which is the way i think you should do it why air your dirty laundry out when your family which an organization is they are a family when your family does something wrong why put it in the news why why make it public no you keep everything in house you handle it like adults and you and you settle it i guess it's kind of hard in the line of business that they are which is really media central center it um I think there would be better ways to handle it than publicly coming out and pointing the finger at 
your all-star, he is an all-star of your team mm-hmm. saying, you dropped the ball. I, I don't like the way that they handled it at all. Yeah, I think it's a lot of tensions rising just because right before that, they were in a string of losses. Underperforming. <clears throat> um, and, uh, I mean, since then, since uh, Kevin Love got announced as an all-star, you, you did see uh, Isaiah Thomas. He posted on Inst- or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, mm-hmm. like congratulating his yeah. brother. Like, congrats to made it, and he's appreciated and it, it. Yeah, so, it looks like it was a, a whole team effort. Like, I saw J.R. Smith congratulated him as well. A couple of people said out there, well done, Kevin Love tweets and stuff. Right. It's easy to send a message on social media and then go behind the doors and go, like, oh, this guy fucking sucks. Right. But, but do you think the, this is genuine? Because you see posts like uh, Tristan Thompson. Mm-hmm. Tristan Thompson says, I don't care if X doesn't like X off the court. I really don't give a shit. As long as you're going to be playing on the court hard and playing for each other, that's all that matters to me. Mm-hmm. So is he confirming that off the court, they're still not good? Or they is will, it even Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love? Or there's still other beef between other players? I, the way that I interpreted that quote, because that was word for word quote what Tristan Thompson posted, um, it, it seems to me that their, their team or the team chemistry off of court is, is broken. It's not going to be repaired. With the amount of trade rumors that were going around the organization, it's pretty hard to, to have, your, have your guys back when you think you or him could very well be gone in, the, in a matter of days. Right. Um, so, no, I, I don't know if it's pointing the finger at Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love. I think it's more of a whole. There are rifts in between players' um, relationships offside, outside of work. Right, because there's even reports here saying, like, there's – an old guard feuding with a new guard in the Cavs locker room. So we don't know if that means it's a it's an old guard in age regards wise. of age, or if it's an old guard saying that this guy's been a cavalier uh, cavalier longer than the the new guard. Yeah. So I don't know. I I like to see what's going on. Um, speaking about the age on the the old guard and the new guard, I I can't see being age because there's not many young guards on the Cavaliers team. Right. Just listing off a couple off of them off the top of the head. It's like Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, J.R. Smith, Amon Shumpert, Jose Calderon. Um, the youngest guy is Isaiah is Thomas. Thomas. And he's still like 26, <laughs> 27, maybe even 28 years old. So that's kind of old. So it must be alluding to the Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, who are relatively new to the organization, to the long-standing Cavalier tenured players like the J.R. Smiths, the Amon Shumperts. Um, who are somewhat established as a Cavalier. They're, they're, to me, it would must be between Isaiah Thomas and J.R. Smith. I can see those two kind of guys stepping on each other's toes purely because they play almost an identical game. They right. like to shoot the three. They like the ball in their hands. They like to put up at least 10 to 12 shots a game just to get a rhythm. Right. They're both rhythm kind of players. Um, I can see them stepping on toes. Um, I, 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 I totally agree. Uh, apparently... There's been people saying that uh, Isaiah Thomas is hurting the team because of the way that he he's constantly handling the ball. He dribbles a lot, yep. and uh, people are not getting touches. So if you're J.R. Smith and you pretty much your job is there to shoot the three pointer, and you're not getting shots, you're missing like every single shot for the last five games. You're gonna be pretty frustrated. Of course. So and and you can't really knock Isaiah Thomas. Because it's kind of the Cavaliers' fault. They're getting a guy that dribbled the ball 65% of the time when he was in the Boston Celtics. Right. He only controls the ball in his career in the NBA. 
they bring him over and they look him in the eye and say, we want you to do exactly what you were doing in the Cav- in the Celtics on the Cavaliers, which is dribble the ball, dribble the air out of the ball, find your shot, make your shot. That's about it. They didn't really tell him to, to facilitate like Kyrie was doing. So, of course, if I'm J.R. Smith looking at two of the best ball handler facilitators in LeBron James and Kyrie going to LeBron James and Isaiah, who's not the best facilitator, right. I would be a little bit frustrated. Yeah, and understandably. To add on to that, too, at the beginning of the year when there was that uh, a bit of tension with who was starting, Dwayne Wade or, or J.R. Smith. Yep. So J.R. Smith was open and uh, upfront about not being pleased that he was going to be starting on the bench. Um, he thought the whole time that Dwayne Wade was coming to the bench just to help support and everything like that, and he thought he was a clear starter. He put in the work over the summer. And then when they, uh, when they told him afterwards, Dwayne Wade is starting, and he's off the bench, he wasn't that happy about it. So eventually, Dwayne Wade, he was the bigger man about it, and he said, look, I'll, I'll play on the off the bench if that's going to help the team. I think I'll be better in that situation anyways, mm-hmm. and uh, LeBron needs more shooters around him. That's true. So that's what happened. With these recent struggles over here, and all these uh, concerns about lineup changes and everything like that, Tyrone Liu, for some reason, didn't make any lineup changes. He kept sticking with it. And uh, it got to the point where JR was like, hey, if, if it helps the team, I'm okay with going to the bench. Yes. So half a season in, he's kind of like gone from I should be starting to, okay, I'm willing to take a backseat now. Yeah. Right? Um, but alluding to that point there, I think Dwayne Wade was the big man saying I can come off the bench. But it was also the fact of like skill-wise and just by overall performance, he doesn't have it anymore. He's a little bit older. He's had a couple injuries. He isn't the flash as Dwayne Wade, as, as people know Dwayne Wade back in Miami when he won his first title with right. Shaq, when he won his first three with LeBron and, and Bosch. He is not the same guy. The change when he went to the Bulls for the one year and then he went to the Cavaliers now, I don't know what happened. Age is definitely a factor. Injuries, body, rundown. I, he's not the same guy. He should be coming off the bench. He should be a role like a Vince Carter has. Leadership. You've been to the top of the pyramid four times. You've seen it all. You are a little bit older now. You you were one of the best players of of all time. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, so he should be coming off the bench anyways to lead and, and to help the bench unit. Yeah. And um, I think he recognizes that because... Yeah. You can say his his stature around the Cavaliers and everything that he does seem like he is taking on that leadership role. Yep, like he he's not taking anything too seriously. He's enjoying it and he's he's guiding these younger guys. Yeah, the problem is is that a lot of these younger guys are like we said they're not that young. They're no. still veteran guards, NBA players. Yeah. yeah. Well, then again, it's the fact that the Cavaliers have traded a lot of the draft picks now that they have two or three in their back pocket. They really, really should not trade any of those. They have to start growing people within the organization. Like, I can't even remember the last rookie that they had other than... Jetty Osmond. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, I was going to say other than uh, like a, a meaningful rookie being Kyrie was like their last meaningful rookie that they drafted. Andrew Wiggins. And, yeah. Well, <laughs> they never played a day, so he got drafted. Anthony Bennett was drafted and dropped real quick. Yeah. But like that, that was the last meaningful rookie that they ever drafted. I think they should start looking in-house, trying to get draft people instead of trying to just pick up new people to play with LeBron. Mm-hmm. 
I, I agree as well, too, because at the end of the day, they don't really know if LeBron's going to stay with them or not. Um, honestly, I, I feel like LeBron will. But at the yes. same time, at the same time, the way with it, that the team is going, you can't guarantee that. No. I, I, I agree with that. I think he will stay. You, There's only so many times you can break the heart of your home team. I've, I've, from being from Ohio, there's only so many times you can actually destroy those people's lives. You at do the it same again. time, Dan Gilbert, like <laughs> LeBron is yours to lose. It's true. That's <laughs> you, true. You got to stop making some shitty moves. That's, that's true as well. But like, there's only so much you can literally spit on your city. <laughs> um, so I don't think he can do it again. Um, but then again, if, if Dan Gilbert and the management makes him do it, he, LeBron will do it. Yeah. Have you I, seen I him do it, it before? I'm when it surprised sure me again? He'll do it again. I, I hate to say it. Like, LeBron is very, he's not selfish, but he's very me-oriented. He knows what he wants. He knows how he has to get it. And he doesn't mind stepping on a couple people's throats to get it done. He knows that he doesn't owe anybody anything. No one owed him anything growing up. He doesn't owe anybody anything at going out now. He's, he's delivered made it his himself. promise. Yes. He's got that one championship for Cleveland. He's got his own handful of championships himself. Now it's more of a more about let's see what I can do as my career is coming to an end. I know people don't want to think of it. He's been to 14 straight All-Star games. He is coming to an end. Was it, was it seven straight finals or was it eight? I think uh, seven. Seven, uh, eight straight finals appearances. Yes. Yes, I think eight straight finals appearances. No, eight eight finals appearances. Seven straight. Seven straight. Okay, could be that. Um, still, that's that's unbelievable. He's got to start thinking about retirement. It has to be coming. It has to yeah. be coming. Um, but before we get off the Cavaliers uh, team, there, we wouldn't be a great basketball podcast if we didn't give respect. Congratulations, and just overall, I'm in awe about the LeBron James situation there, being the seventh player in NBA history to hit 30,000 points. Speaking on that, uh, do you think he's going to take that number one spot? I don't see why not. Like, yes, I know literally like maybe a minute and a half ago we were talking about retirement. Still, (laughs) he still has four to five years in him, I can think. Like, barring any big injuries or anything stupid like that. He still has four to five years. If the he pace play, that he's going at, it's he's estimated to be four years. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna smash it. But it's the fact of LeBron has only realistically gotten better in the last couple of years. So, like realistically, yes, I think he's going to smash the record. Um, I, I don't know what the actual record is. It's Wilt Chamberlain that's it's like number 38, one. Thirty-eight thousand. Wilt Chamberlain's number yeah, one, I believe, yeah. or Kareem. No, Kareem, Kareem. Kareem is number one. One of the two. Um, I don't see why not. LeBron's just a dominant force, right? So I, I, I can, I can, I, I think he. Uh, yes, yes, he will. I'm gonna go on the record here. Yes, he will break that record. In addition to that record, he's the only player in NBA history to hit 30k, 7k rebounds, and 7k assists. So that is unbelievable. That is just overall domination. Like, yes, all, all the most of the point leaders in that category have been big men. Guys that don't go five feet out of the rim and just dunk it. We have Kareem. We have Will. We have Shaq up there as well. Other people of the sort. None of them are pass-first players no, either. It, and the other guards that are up there are, are Kobe Bryant, who is not pass-first either. So it's like, it's very refreshing to see a guy have so much dominance on the scoring end, but also so much dominance on the facilitating end as well grabbing the rebounds, getting the assists. Um, 
which is just to credit to show why LeBron James is the greatest player of this generation. Hands down. Just of this generation. <laughs> ah, I didn't want to open up that debate. I didn't want to open up that's, that debate. That's definitely for another day. That's why I slipped in the word generation there. Because like that is a debate within a debate within a debate. We would love to hear what you guys think about yeah, that. Yeah, because sure. I know there's a lot of debates about who is the greatest of all time. I didn't want to get into that. So let's just it's it's almost confidently to say he is the best of this generation. For sure. Kobe was the best of last generation, and then Michael was the best of the generation before confidently say that respectively um yeah we'll save that for another car another <laughs> week another week when the, when there's a little bit less to talk about potentially off season if we open this up for off season we can make into those debates there for us right um but moving on from player and team drama let's go into the injury bug that seemed to have bitten the nba as a whole opposed to one specific team right um, going to one of your favorite teams to talk about there, Dan, uh, the, the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, the number one overall pick, Markel Fultz. My goodness, it's, man. It's moving in the right direction because he's practicing. Haven't heard the if or when he's coming back in the season. Maybe you have a little bit more information to go off of that. Uh, so Markel Fultz, uh, he was drafted first. Why was he drafted? Yeah. His Superior shooting. Can you say superior? His shooting was nice. I don't know if it was superior. That's what he was drafted for. He was shooting drafted for shooting making. and scoring. Okay. Yes. So, yes. So he comes into this league. Apparently, he's concerned, or, or maybe his personal trainer for some reason. I heard it was Brian Colangelo, the GM of the 76ers, who actually tried to tell him to change his shooting form. Is it? I, I heard. I heard but, reports. Well, that's why we got rid of him as the Raptors, too. Yeah, like, that guy's a moron. <laughs> Rudy Gay, come on, man. <laughs> Andrea Bajarni, number one. Sorry. Sorry. Old wounds, old wounds. Keep going, keep going. So, um, yeah, he, apparently he was concerned about his uh, three-point shot because of the, the, the line difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bit further out in the NBA. And I, I think if you are coming into this league and the reason why you're picked is because you're a scorer, you shoot. Why would be that? Why would that be the thing that you change in your game? It was working for you to get there. Why don't you keep it? Yep. You're I, only gonna get stronger, and when you try to get stronger, you're gonna be able to shoot further. And I agree with that as well. Um, there are a lot of mixed messages coming out of uh, the Philadelphia 76ers training camp, um, or organizational camp. Um, one of them was Colangelo was telling him to switch his shooting form. I heard a conflicting report saying that the reason why they tried to uh, change his shooting form is that he's had that shoulder injury. Right. Where his shoulder and the muscles and it just couldn't get the same form that he was shooting his whole life. So they were trying to find a more comfortable, more suitable form for himself in the injury that, that was happening. Yeah. My question is, is if you've done your scouting, why would you draft a guy that's had shoulder injuries for shooting and scoring just to change his shooting form in the middle of the season. First pick. Yeah, first pick overall. Why would you take that risk? I don't I don't understand. You could have had Lonzo Ball. Okay, well, <laughs> speaking about terrible <laughs> shooting forms, um, yeah, that, that would have been a bit. But no, I, I see what you're saying. There were other good players. Don, um, Donovan Mitchell. Like, could you imagine? Like, yep. him. Like, Jason Tatum going third. Tatum. Like, there, there were Kyle Kuzma. 
who slipped to what twelfth or fifteenth yeah, overall or Dennis something. Smith Junior. Smith Junior. Who's a proven. Laurie Mikkinen, whatever his name was. Like, he's a shooter as well. Like, if you were looking for a shooter and a scorer, there were other options than taking a shot at Markel Fultz. Yes. Um, I don't know Just, why. It's crazy. Doing. Like, the videos that have surfaced recently, uh, he has been practicing with the team and shooting. And... Just looking at him, he doesn't even look like he has confidence in his own shot. It's uncomfortable. It's terrible. You can tell that someone told him to do this. And any of you former basketball players out there, doesn't matter if it's house league, rep, school, competitive. If a coach, if and if you had a coach that said, why don't you try this foul shooting rhythm or this jump shot rhythm or this layup style. It is very uncomfortable and it is hard for the first couple months, even years, it is to, 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 to perfect it. Especially since you've shot a certain way thousands and thousands of times. Yeah. I, I've tried to change my shot before, and sometimes in the middle of a game, just based on muscle memory, I shoot the old style that I used to shoot. Yeah, and you and can feel it. You can tell it right away. It's like, oh, shit, that's a brick. Yeah, like, <laughs> and you know. So it's, I don't know, especially taking this step, like jumping from college to NBA is hard enough as it is, being a, a superstar, going from college to NBA and changing yourself in the midst of that transition, it's only it's only fair. It's like going from high school to university, but going when you're going to university, you're going into French. Right. It's a different everything. Like <laughs> you, you just it, took the biggest risk. Yeah, it's <laughs> of it's, your career. You've done everything for the last 19, 20 years of your life, and then now you have the biggest transition of your life. And then you make a huge change in that change. To me, that is just bad management, bad coaching, bad everything all around. Yes, it might have been um, necessity because of his shoulder. If you're hurt, you have to find a different way to score. Right. Like Derrick Rose, like in his knee injuries, he couldn't do his explosive dunks, getting in the paint and dunking over people, right. what he could have done in his first three years in the Bulls. So he found a different way to facilitate and a different way to make his niche. That was done by injury. Right. I don't think this shooting change was done solely by injury. I think, yeah, one of the factors was the injury. Should have been different ways of, of handling it. And it doesn't seem like it's a good move on the 76ers organization as well, too. Just on the rehab process. Yep. Um, I don't know. It feels like they don't really... They're not putting that much effort into getting him back. They don't want to push him. They don't want to try to. They don't want to try him. They're, then again, coming from the 76ers, they're in a pretty nice spot. They don't need him. Right. They are still a playoff bound team. They are still competitive, even without him. I think they would be even more competitive with right. him. But it's the they're in the benefit that they they're not 12th in the East. They're not 13th yeah. in the East. Well, the the thing that I'm trying to say is like it doesn't seem like they're putting their full resources on rehabbing no. the kid, right? Because they could very well, in the back of their mind, have an idea of a trade-off, trying to get rid of them, trying to do something, trying to move a piece to get a piece, potentially speculation yet again. <laughs> we never know. And just speaking on that itself, like that kind of leads into the next injury that we want to talk mm -hmm. about. Definitely with the rehabbing. With the rehabbing and uh, an organization not properly taking care of their players, maybe. And that's with uh, the situation with Kawhi Leonard. The Claw and the Spurs. Um, how to word the, the Kawhi Leonard situation? To me, 
it totally came out of left field. We knew he was injured. We didn't know the significance of his injury. I know past years it was his hands or his or his arms or something of that nature. Now it's coming out to be his ankles, his knees, yeah. or his heel. Yeah. So it was ever since the uh, the Zaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's the one to blame for everything here. That ankle injury <laughs> when he stepped on the foot in the playoffs. If you don't yeah. know what we're alluding to. So he he was rehabbing his ankle the entire off season. He comes back and he injures the knee. Uh, I guess because he's overcompensating at this point. And this is the uh, the reoccurring theme. Basically, this is the knee, the quads, whatever it is, the ankle. Um, it's what I don't know what's it, going on with it. It man. seems like it's a snowball effect, especially for Kawhi Leonard's situation. When one thing went wrong, then the next thing's going to go wrong, and it's going to be a whole body shutdown. Hopefully, pray to God it doesn't come to that. I love Kawhi Leonard. Like, his defense is unreal. Yeah. He was finally finding a way to put the ball in the net right. more consistently. Um, I don't want to say it was a, a bungle, like a dropped ball for the Spurs organization, purely because the Spurs organization is the epitome of excellence in the NBA for the last 19 years. Right. Like They have been the upper echelons of, of basketball organizations. Yeah. So I can't say that they have dropped the ball on this because they never dropped the ball on anything. But then again, people make mistakes. This could be the one mistake the Spurs have made in the last couple of decades. And, and it's absolutely surprising because if you're going to make a mistake, why make it a mistake on your you're, franchise player? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. On This is the one player you can't make mistakes <laughs> on, and you made a mistake on it. Um, very unfortunate. I hope that he can come back. Um, I, I think Leonard is going to come back. There have been rumors of them trying to move him, trying to have a fallout between him and Popovich, which I can't see. I just can't see that happening. Like Popovich, I think maybe not necessarily a strained relationship with between him and Popovich, but uh, probably just with the entire organization itself yeah. and how they have been handling his rehab process. And so I think it comes back to the overall underperforming that the Spurs have been have been orchestrating with a, a roster that like these are the top people they have. Marcus Aldridge, Paul Gasol, they have um, Kawhi, Tony Parker, Manny Ginobili. They got the new point guard Murray, who's coming off. Well, who's starting now because Parker, um, Tony Parker's coming off the bench. With Patty Mills and still. Patty Mills still, who's still a, a nice defensive threat. They have Rudy ballers. Gay. Rudy Gay. Well, ah, <laughs> I'd still leave Rudy Gay off the top. But they have ballers. They have a a decent enough team yeah. to make a run. Yes, they're in the Western Conference. Yes, the Western Conference is leagues better than the Eastern Conference. But still, fifth or sixth in the West is still underperforming to my my standard yeah. of what the Spurs organization has shown in the last 20 years. Before the season started, I expect them to be second. Yeah. Top, right? I don't know about second, but I was going to say top three for sure. For sure, top like, three. They were going to be with the Rockets, the yeah. Warriors, and then the Spurs. That's what I was figuring in my head. Yeah. Um, but then again, this could very well be the fall of the Spurs organization. Yes. Like it every every league, every sport is a um it's a cycle. It's always uh, a cycle of, of people. You start really bad, you become really good, then you go back to being bad again because that's just the way it works. You get bad draft picks. Right. And you just can't sustain greatness forever. It's it's inevitable. Right. This could very well be the the cycle coming back around for the Spurs. Wouldn't be surprised if you see Popovich leave in the next two years, 
have new blood come in. Tony Parker's looking to be coming off retirement soon because he's finally taking a, a backseat off the bench. Popovich said it's time. We have to move a different direction. You're a little bit older. Manu is definitely a lot older. Um, <laughs> surprised he even came back. That's what I'm surprised as well. Paul Gasol is definitely kind of old as well. Like the yeah. only real youth is Lamarcus Aldridge, yeah. who is still what seven, eight years into the game. Yeah. Like so, he's not young either. So it could very well be the slowdown of the Spurs. Not the best time to be a Spurs fan. Um, and and they still have Danny Green to to give him that credit as well. Danny Green's a good right. scorer as well. Um. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and if he gets traded, it would be interesting to see where he goes. Yep. Um, the other question, too, is like, uh, it could be also the fact that no, the Spurs aren't really a team that tries to, or that mm-hmm. is interesting to other free agents. No, it's true. I mean, during the whole Kyrie Irving process, they did really want Kyrie Irving. They tried to get him. I think uh, Kyle Lowry wants to go there. But yep. other than that, like, you haven't really heard a lot of people say, like, I want to go to the Spurs. No, it's always talks about going to the Warriors or going to the Cavs to join LeBron, going to the Lakers, the Lakers that kind of stuff, or, or the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah. So it's you true. never hear anybody ever say, "I want to go to the Spurs." Yeah. Before the Lamarcus Aldridge signing, they never really landed any big free agency names in the last while. Right. And again, it was all developed. Develop- I was gonna say the reason behind that is they didn't need any of these big franchise players. They've groomed, drafted, and groomed Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. Right. These guys are full-fledged Hall of Famer champion players that they didn't need to get free agency. So it's, why do I have to pay this next big star when I have three stars in my organization that are coming up? Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally agree with that mantra. But I know with speaking about potentially trying to move Kawhi Leonard, it's all about value. What would you get for his value? He's banged up. He hasn't played really well this season. Is it worth the value of what you potentially could get for a healthy Leonard to, to trade him for this? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So, for me personally, I've had Kawhi Leonard on my fantasy basketball team the entire season. He was my number one pick. I haven't got to use him much at all. At all. <laughs> and uh, that kind of leads into the next guy we were talking about for injuries. Especially injuries, <laughs> trade value, and your fantasy team. Yeah. So, the next guy... Uh, also, another one of my top players <laughs> just got injured this week, this yesterday. Week, yesterday. It was just Friday, January the 26th is yes. when the reports were surfacing. With a season-ending injury. Season-ending. Like, oh. Torn Achilles' boogie cousins. Oh, DeMarcus. The Western Conference All-Star starting center just got drafted to Team LeBron James. Tons of trade rumor swirling around this guy. If you have listened yep. to the last four or five podcasts, every podcast we talked about DeMarcus Cousins and where he was going to go, <laughs> who was he was supposed to get. This injury, yes, it rocked DeMarcus Cousins and, and, and his organization and his um his camp. This, if anything, I think it, it hurt the Pelicans more than it hurt him as a player. Purely because... They're going to lose him. His trade value is zero. It's, it's negative. Nobody's <laughs> going to want to trade for him. And this is his last year on his contract. On his contract. So it's either that, even when he comes back, DeMarcus Cousins is the kind of guy who, even after this kind of injury, is going to demand 10 to $15 million a season. He's going to demand it. His track record showed it, and his track record proves that he is worth this kind of money, especially for what he has been doing this season. Especially with the new contracts and everything, he's probably going to be a $20 million player. New cap space that's coming out, like... 
It's he is going to demand ten to fifteen million dollars at least. Now you are looking at the one chemistry with him and Anthony Davis. It wasn't there. It's not there. They tried the the experiment. It didn't work. Somewhat similar to the experiment the Raptors did a couple years ago with Chris Bosh and Jermaine O'Neal. Didn't work out. <laughs> had to make a move. We sold Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal for peanuts. Yeah. It looks like that's what they were going to do with DeMarcus Cousins. They can't even get peanuts for him now. <laughs> it's, it's literally, you get nothing. And you paid this guy $17 million this season. And you get nothing for him now. And you only got half a season with him. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely devastating as, an, as a, uh, a GM to see this injury happen. Because the, the, the speculation of the trades that they were going to get were going to be tons of draft picks, tons of young players, and a future. A future. It is gone with that Achilles tear. Like, just obliterated. I feel... Uh, yes, I feel bad for Boogie Cousins. For sure. All the prayers, all the... Get well soon. I feel more upset for the GM of the Pelicans <laughs> and the owner. Like, that injury hurt him more than it hurt Boogie Cousins. For sure. For it's, sure. It's devastating, man. Especially as a, a GM of my own fantasy team. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, I had to drop him and pick up Dennis Smith Jr. Honestly, <laughs> and, and being the guy that traded you, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, <laughs> I was absolutely kicking myself for, that for the whole time that trade happened. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was thinking. But now I'm looking at myself and thinking, I'm a psychic. I am a, 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 a guru because <laughs> I traded him for Ben Simmons. Now the Ben Simmons – I am I am the fantasy guru now, trading him for having the foresight that knowing DeMarcus Cousins was A, going to get traded, because I knew he was not going to last the whole year with the Pelicans, going to a new team with a new situation only hurts numbers. I've never seen a guy get traded and within that year benefit himself. Never seen that happen. Um, and let, let alone him getting injured for a season-ending injury before All-Star, I should get brownie points for that trade. Like, that is gorgeous. Um, ben Simmons has sort of slowed down ever since that trade, but hey, at least I have a player on the court. Right. At least, at least I can say he gave me a triple double before he went out. Yes. But uh, it's it's devastating for me. I've been on a twelve week win streak, huh? and I don't really know what's. I think I think this league became a little bit more competitive now. <laughs> yes, it's not anymore Danny Law's league. There are other people in the room now. Um, so my main thing that I'm, uh, I'm not happy about with the, 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 the Marcus Cousins injury, though, it is the fact of, one, our fantasy league is a little bit more competitive now. Yeah. It is the fact of All-Star. There is yes. going to be a new All-Star uh, injury person put onto it. My speculation is it's going to have to come out of the Western Conference because he was a Western Conference representative. It's going to have to be a forward. The thing is he was a well. starter, too. That's what it is. It's a starter. Um, I wonder, uh, I'm surprised, I, I, I don't know what the league's going to do. If they're going to get a new person that they're going to put into the, automatically into the starting lineup, or if they're going to move someone up from the reserve into the starting and put a new guy on the reserve. Either way, it's going to be cool right. with me. Um, spitballing, let's keep it into the Western Conference because I believe that's where it's going to come from. Who would your Western Conference replacement be? Let's keep it as a forward as well because he was a forward. They need to have X amount of forwards on the team as well. Western Conference forwards, who you think is going to take Boogie Cousins' spot? I think amongst the people that are already there, um, it's going to have to be, in my opinion, Paul George. 
I think I, I I almost think it's almost impossible to argue that like yeah. it, it's gonna have to be Paul George. I mean the the other guys you have there, you already got AD, you already got Lamarcus Aldridge that arguably shouldn't really be there anyways. <laughs> you um, got Carl Anthony Towns, like yeah, you you've got there. those big guys already, and um I mean the West is really guard heavy. Yep. So when it comes to the the forwards, the next guy in line, I think is Paul George. It's either gonna be very well Paul George. Um, honorable mention, I I doubt it. If we look at the last week itself, it was it's Andrew Wiggins. Like he's been putting up thirty plus points in the last three games. Like his shooting is un unreal. Um, is he but, uh, a guard or is he a small forward? See, that's what it is. I don't know where they would classify right. him at. He's he's one of those in between it. He plays between Jimmy two and Butler three. That is also a two three guy. Yeah. So I don't know where they would put him. Um, but moving on from Andrew Wiggins, there, there's the honorable mention. Blake Griffin, if you want. He's been injured. He's had a down season. He's always been an also for the last two or three years. Right. Um, I think maybe Blake, keeping it within the Clippers team, I know I'm going against my limitations I just put out there. Lou Williams, he is an all-star. Yeah, yeah. He is an all-star. I don't care. He's balling, like, man. He is an all-star. <laughs> he should make it. Um, but keeping it into the forwards uh, realm, I don't know. Like, there's very, very guard-heavy Western. Uh, going off the top of my head, I, I don't really see any clear-cut Western Conference forwards or centers who would make a make a, a noticeable impact on the All-Star team. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially when you look at numbers, you see even Draymond Green made it. Yeah. I mean, Draymond Green is, our, without a doubt, he's the core of the Golden State Warriors yep. team. But... If you're gonna look at his stats wise, like he's not putting up all star stats. No, he's right? really not. Um I don't know. Uh, I would like to hear what you our, our fans are thinking that it's gonna be a Demarcus Cousins replacement, as well as if you think the new guy will go straight into the starting lineup, or if they were gonna be bringing up one of the bench players into the starting lineup there for you as well. For for LeBron, it's it's not he's probably gonna put in Kevin Love. <laughs> If it's up to LeBron, yes. But then again, um, making a push to the All-Star game, the coaches have still not been decided yet. True. It still looks like... Um, so they're going to get the best-seeded team in each conference. That coaching staff is going to be the coach of, the, uh, of their respective team as well. Mm-hmm. Eastern is going to be for Team LeBron. Western is going to be for Team Curry. Um, I would like to see what would happen. If it's a coach's decision, if it's a captain's decision, if it's a, uh, a fan vote decision. I hope it's not a fan vote decision. <laughs> um, but moving into that, because we are talking a lot about all-stars and um, potential replacements here. Just if you guys haven't heard who are the respective teams for each, we can quickly list them off here and just t- touch base about who's a better team, who we think is going to be better, and what situation there. Um, so starting off with the Eastern team, uh, well, I guess we can't say Eastern teams anymore because now it's a mixture. Team LeBron. So Team LeBron now, starting lineups were respectively Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins, i.e. Boogie, who is going to be replaced with another player. I'm going over to Curry's starting lineup. We have Steph, DeMar DeRozan, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden, and Joel Embiid. Um, Just before we even get to the reserves, to announce the reserves and who where they landed there, off of the top, starting lineups, we can keep it nice and short. Who is the better starting lineup team? 
Uh, based on that and Boogie being healthy. Yes, Boogie I, being healthy. I love LeBron's team. <laughs> it's it is very hard it's, to debate against that. Like they have such, like they, these are not traditional centers that can't dribble either. No. Like they're they they can handle the ball, and they're gonna body the shit out of you. Yes. Like what is what is Curry's team gonna do against them? Shoot. That's all they can do is shoot. And, and not DeMar, get rebounds. Yeah, and DeMar DeRozan's not the best shooter. He has gotten a better shooter. Yep. He's not the best shooter. Embiid, he's been shooting pretty nicely as of late. He's, he's got the range. But he's not going to be able to body any of these big guys. Well, well he, he, he can, can body, body them, but not consistent. three of them. No, yeah. Consistently. Every single play. No. <laughs> I, I, I have to agree with you. LeBron James's team, from top to bottom on the starting lineup at least, is leagues better than Steph Curry. Um, one, he has shooting with Kyrie and Durant. Boogie can hit the occasional three. Davis can hit the occasional three. LeBron right. can hit the occasional three. They have size in Davis and Boogie and LeBron and Durant. Um, they have speed in Kyrie and LeBron and Durant and Davis. <laughs> they have athleticism in LeBron, Kyrie, <laughs> Durant. Like, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, they have defense in LeBron, Boogie, and Durant. Like, it's it's un, unfathomable about their team. Yes, Curry has two of the best pure shooters on his team in himself and James Harden. They're the best two shooters out of these 10 guys, hands shout down. Shout out to Aaron, who has both of them on his fantasy team. Shout out to Aaron. Granted that they have the two of the best pure shooters. LeBron has the best pure scorer in Durant and himself. He has the best pure facilitator in Kyrie. He has the best pure big man in Boogie and Davis. He has the best player in himself on his team. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's unbelievable. Like, like if, if you want to look at it, like, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are arguably the best centers in the NBA. Yes. And, and you on look the same at, team. You look at Kevin Durant. He is, without a doubt, the best power forward and, in the NBA. And the best score. Pure score. Put the ball in the hoop. You need two points. LeBron, Give the ball to, to, to Durant. LeBron James is the best player of the generation. Yes. Like, and Kyrie Irving, you can argue there's better guards out there, but he's got the best handles. This, <laughs> the best handles, the best crossover, the best finishing at the rim. Yes. Like his glass work, when he puts it off the window, it, it's going in. Yes. Like, I don't understand how he can do the up and under, the reverse hangs, the, the tons of English on the ball when it hits it, and it just shoots straight into the rim. Like all you Curry fanboys can argue all you want – Yes, Curry's a better shooter. Way better. But overall, Kyrie's a better player. Yes. And and yes, you Curry fans, I, I know we're going to get a lot of hatred for this. <laughs> I would pick Kyrie over Curry. Yes, Curry has great handles. He can make his own shot, like shooting shot. Kyrie can make his own layup, jump shot, step back, turn around. Yes. If we're looking at a straight three-point competition, obviously you're going to pick Curry. Right. Step back jumpers, still you'll probably pick up Curry. Um, crossover pull up jumper from half, yeah, you're probably <laughs> gonna pick up Curry. But it's the fact of that's a small twenty percent of the game. The other eighty percent of the game, when you're inside the paint, inside the three point line, it's Kyrie, hands down. If it's Kyrie, if you, if you need a guy to make a behind the back pass to no one, that's Curry. <laughs> <laughs> I just love your hatred for Steph Curry. It is so palpable. It's unbelievable. Like, you didn't vote for him. You didn't like, like just your hatred for him is unbelievable. 
Oh, God. Granted, fine. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, overall, starting lineups, it has to be Team LeBron. Um, give, me, give us your feedbacks. Leave a comment there below. Um, so let's get into the reserves as, uh, of here as well. So on Team LeBron James, his reserves, no particular order. We have Kevin Love, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, Christoph Porzingis. Um, as the guards, we have Bradley Beal, John Wall, the Wizard Boys, Victor Oladipo, and Russ Westbrook, um, rounding out the, the rest of LeBron James's team. On Curry's team, we have on the bench, uh, coming from the guard position, we have Kyle Lowry, Raptors' own, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Damian Lillard. For the big man, we have Draymond Green, Carl Anthony Town, the big cat, as well as Al Horford, rounding out Curry's reserves team. Um, off the top, better bench uh, organization. Um, I still have to say LeBron's got a better bench. <laughs> like, and, he has a beautiful team, man. And, and it's hard to argue with that because that's what I'm saying here as well. Um, yes, shooting, I would give the 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 benefit to Curry's team for his bench, purely because Clay Thompson is pure three point running gun. Yeah. Um, Lowry's hit the occasional three. Draymond Green can hit the occasional three. The Big Cat can hit a couple shots. Butler is just Jimmy buckets. Damian Lillard has been jacking up triples as well. Um, overall shooting, Curry's team I would give the advantage to. They're gonna have to. That, a, that's where they're gonna live. They're gonna live they behind to live the arc. By the threes. They're going to live and die behind the arc. Um, <laughs> but going on to LeBron's team, they have depth. They have everything covered. They have pure scores in the starting lineup, which is what we allude to. Kevin Love is a shooter. Lamarcus Aldridge is not a shooter. He can hit the jump, the mid range jumper, the high post, post up. the high post jumpers as well. But he is more size down low, post moves. John Wall, Bradley Beal. Well, more Bradley Beal is the shooter. John Wall is a facilitator. Victor Oladipo is not really a shooter, but he can put the ball in the hoop at a high rate. Christoph Porzingis is a shooter. He can jack the threes as well. Russell Westbrook is just just the man. MVP. And he's Um, probably going to be the hardest playing guy on that team. Yes. So dealing with that, they have athleticism. They have shooting. They have size. LeBron James, he might have a GM job in his future. Like, <laughs> drafting this team, yes, I understand. You're drafting all-stars. It's, it's basically kind of hard. a fantasy of basketball. It, it, it is fantasy. But it's – Curry had the same pool of people to pick out of, and LeBron picked a way better team. People, A lot of people are going to say, like, he's already been GMing the Cavaliers. <laughs> and, he, and he really has been GMing, coaching, player coaching. Like, he's been doing it all. Overall, I, I honestly can't say that LeBron's going to lose. Like it's looking at his team, he he can't lose. So another thing I like to to say about this team here: one, I hate that it wasn't televised for the draft. I would right, love right. to see that. I like to see all the inner, the inner um, storylines inside of it. Yes, they have Kyrie and LeBron on the same team. Mm-hmm. Inside that, they have Russell and uh, Durant, Durant on the same, on the same team. team. Um, yes, DeMarcus Cousins went down. That sucks. But they also have Kevin Love and James on the same team as well. They've got the the Wizard Boys playing together. On Curry's team, they have the Raptor Boys playing together there, That's which is awesome. <laughs> um, they have three out of the four Warriors on Curry's team. So Durant's going to go against his boys as well. I want to see 
Durant and Westbrook versus the Golden State, Golden State Warriors team. So it's going to be <laughs> yeah. old school Thunder versus Warriors. Yeah. It could it could very well come out to that. Like they have the big cat and Butler playing together, which is nice as well. Um, Horford making a surprise uh, bid on the All-Star game, this team as well. But there's also an inside headline as well. Potentially the Raptors looking like that they might be the first place team in the East, where that means that DeMar, uh, Dwayne Casey will be the, the coach, coach for LeBron James coaching against DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. I would like to see that. That's going to be kind of funny to see as well. <laughs> um, Storylines galore. Like, I, I'm thoroughly in, excited so, for this game. Um, so a lot of funny stories have come out since the pick as well, too. Uh, the main thing right at the beginning when they announced the, the, the teams, um, Ernie Johnson was doing his best to try to, to, try to lure LeBron out. to see who he picked first. Yes. And it seems like since then, it has kind of been leaked. Um, kind of, I think it was Durant's kind of accidentally leaked it maybe. But he was saying that um, he, he kind of confirmed that, yeah, I was, was the first pick. pick. And then later he tried to backtrack and say, like, no, no, it's just my ego speaking. Yeah. Like, of course I'm going to think I'm the first pick, right? Okay, and it's not a well-kept secret. It's almost guaranteed Durant was the first pick. Like, it's, 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 it's kind of, if you watch any kind of basketball, it's Kevin Durant. And um, then the first pick for Curry apparently was supposed to be Giannis. That's, that's I can also see that as well. Saying. Yeah, I can see that. And the reason behind that is because he did not want to get dunked on like he did last All-Star game from Giannis. Just right. Google Giannis posterized Curry in All-Star 2017. You would know exactly what we're talking about. It's beautiful. Um, I know there's a lot of bit people talking about first overall pick. I like to talk about who was the last pick yeah. of the starters. I have a pretty good um, theory where I believe that Kyrie Irving was the last pick overall. Not because LeBron didn't want to pick him and not because Curry didn't want to pick him. If you look at the 10 starters that have to start um, and Curry being a captain of his own team, who would Curry guard if he picked Kyrie Irving? DeMar DeRozan, who's bigger than him. James Harden, who's bigger than him. Durant, LeBron. Like, the only reasonable person for him to match up against is Kyrie Irving. LeBron is not an idiot. LeBron being the smart guy he knew he, that he is, he knew he didn't need to pick Kyrie because inevitably, Curry's not going to pick him because he wants to guard him as well. So knowing that Curry's not going to pick him. LeBron doesn't have to pick him because it's going to fall to him anyways. Yeah. So let me use my pick for someone good like DeMar. Uh, I mean like Kevin uh, Kevin Durant or Anthony Davis right. or one of the other players because he knows, Curry, if you pick Kyrie, you're going to be guarding DeMar or James Harden because that's who my next pick's going to be. Right. I, I, I kind of I, – I like your theory because when you look at LeBron's, the LeBron James team, you can clearly see who's going to be the first pick. Yeah. But from there – it's kind of hard to see yeah, who is second, third, and fourth. It, it, it because doesn't really make a difference. That's a solid team. It is. Uh, one of my theories about it, slightly different from yours, mm-hmm. is uh, LeBron James and Stephen Curry said that there's one point in the draft where they were laughing uncontrollably of something, and uh, they, they didn't really say why. And again, if it was televised, we would know. No. It should be televised um, next season, NBA. What I think it was is I, I feel like Stephen Curry would want to pick Kyrie Irving to be on his team. Because Kyrie Irving can guard Stephen Curry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so at the same time you you kind of if you're Stephen Curry you don't want Kyrie to guard you. Yeah. And then the other thing too is that I think he I think what they were laughing about my my theory was that 
Curry kept holding off on picking Kyrie yep. because he wanted LeBron to, LeBron to have Kyrie on his team again because of that drama. Yep. <laughs> and I can very well see that as well. Um, another thing that I think were, was kind of funny, uh, what I think that they were laughing about was potentially the very last pick overall. <laughs> In my mind, I honestly so think... Mean. <laughs> it, is, it is very mean. But I, I think the last pick overall was probably one of the Golden State Warriors. It was either like Draymond or potentially like Russell Westbrook. Also, uh, I don't know if the the picks... Do we know if they snaked the picks or it was just mm. one back and forth? Because it was just back and forth and Curry had to have had the last pick because yeah. LeBron went first. It's true. Right? So I think Curry would have picked the Rosen last. Yeah. Yeah, it could have... I, I wouldn't know how it would work. I, yeah. I wonder if they snaked it. Because if it went one for LeBron, two, three for Curry, four or five for LeBron, like if they did it that way, right. uh, I would be surprised. Um, Even if they snaked it, Curry would get last pick. Yeah. <laughs> so no, so yeah, I, I wonder who is the last pick of the starters. I, I, yeah. It would probably be DeMar, DeMar or, or, or Embiid. Why not true, Embiid? true. Yeah, because if they one really of, have one, one big two. man. Um, and then when you go to the reserves, like I, I think again... Curry would have to be the last pick. Mm-hmm. Um, Actually, no. I think they said that Curry got first pick of the reserves. First pick of the reserves? I think he got first pick of the reserves. Okay, that's not bad. Which, um, which would surprise me because who would you think would be his first reserve pick if he did get first reserve pick? Carl Anthony Towns? Um, I would probably say so, but at the same time, um, he kind, I think he kind of wanted to keep his Golden State Warriors guys together, together? as well too. Yeah. So it's hard to say. It's very hard to say. Me looking at Curry's team, it would have to be Carl Anthony Towns, just purely because looking at his team, they have no size. Yeah, like he knows after the first four to five minutes, they're gonna have to put a big man in to body up with Davis and Boogie (laughs) before Boogie went down, Um, and that would be Cat. That would be Carl Anthony Towns. If you were to pick, who would be? Who do you think would the last three people left on the on the board of reserves? On the board, yeah. Um, really, I think it's gonna be. Christoph Porzingis. I don't think he has enough uh, respect in the league. Oh. Uh, well, I guess it's not league. He has tons of respect in the league. I don't think he has enough respect from LeBron and Curry. Right. Um, Christoph Porzingis. Maybe Victor Oladipo. And, and I would say Kyle Lowry uh, off of Curry's team. We're probably the last we picked. Oh, interesting. You didn't even mention Al Horford. True, true. <laughs> Al Horford. I Yeah. Yet again, then the size. Like right. Curry needed size. Like he has no size. Uh, I don't know, but he, he didn't have to pick Horford. He had still love and Aldridge. He that's could have picked the, those that's, guys. That's right? true as well. The way. Fair, so. fair. I, I don't think all Horford was supposed to be in the All Star game this right. year, anyways. Like um, the three that I have, mm-hmm. I, I would say Lowry as well because he hasn't been playing like an All Star at all. Uh, Al Horford didn't deserve to be an All Star. And then if I had to pick one from LeBron James' team, I think you're right in the sense it could be Kristaps. Uh, you kind of swayed me there. I was originally thinking of Victor Oladipo as well, too. I, I was thinking Victor Oladipo as well, but I think... I think Victor Oladipo is there because of his position. Yes. And also, I think it's because of he is on LeBron's team, and LeBron has come out and said that he's respecting the way that Victor Oladipo has been playing this season. So I think more or less, I think it would be more of a, a LeBron picking him early than... Him sliding down to last. Um, 
But at the same time, you look at LeBron's team. You're like, who do you pick last? Yeah, that's what I it's mean. Like, like, maybe Kevin Love last because he knew Kevin that Love he could come last. about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe even America's Aldridge because Aldridge hasn't been playing the greatest basketball this season. Like, he's he's been playing the best basketball that the Spurs have had, but it's not regular LeMarcus Aldridge numbers, I don't think. I'm going to have to double-check that, but let's see. Overall, with both of these teams, you couldn't have a bad team. Like, don't when I say LeBron James's team is better than Curry's, yeah. it's not saying Curry's team is bad. His team is still heads and shoulders better than any other team that like possibly could be out there. Basically, what we're trying to say is LeBron James's team is like the previous West teams. Yes, <laughs> and they are going to win, and they're going to win handedly. I just hope that there's a little bit more defensive um, intensity yep. this season than past seasons, especially because now it's a mix-up. Um, but we'll like to see, and it's for charity. So I can see it being a little bit more competitive. But we'd like to see where it goes. Yeah. Very um, excited to watch the game, yeah. man. So definitely, guys, um, we should be wrapping it up here. We gave you a little bit of extra overtime uh, conversation when we went into this all-star break here. Um, so definitely, thank you guys for listening in. Tune in next week for our next week's podcast. We are going to be more heavily weighted on all-star. Just getting our predictions on who's going to be MVPs. Yep. Uh, winner LeBron or Curry's team, winners of the contest. All the players are going to be announced for Rising Stars, have already been announced, as well as three-point contest. Yeah, so we'll talk about that. We'll touch up on it a bit. Done contest. Just our overall looking forward be, to, the re- to the weekend. There might be some more trade rumors that appear. Yes. Maybe some trades actually happen. Hey, because trade deadline is going to be on February the 8th is what we reported last time. Yep. Um, And that's going to be actually... That's going to be... Two weeks after, from now. Yeah, well... A little bit less than two weeks, basically. Yeah, we're going to get it. Uh, we'll get the trade deadline on the one after this next podcast. Yeah, in two weeks from now, trades will have happened. Yeah, or, or they're going to not be able to happen anymore. <laughs> so it's going to be it's either happen or they're going to not. Um, so yeah, next week, look out for the All-Star podcast. Week after that, we'll go into trade deadline and our Trade Center podcast. Um, and then, yeah, that's going to be what you guys can be looking forward to for the next couple of weeks. We are looking for uh, a guest host um, in the upcoming week or, or so. If you're very interested and you're in the GTA area, leave us a link. Know. Link us, us a, uh, some information about yourself, why you think you might be a great guest host. Um, and, and we are more than happy to bring on someone to for, for a week just to see how you guys get another point of view and another opinion going forward. For sure. And uh, if you guys, again, if you guys listen to this entire podcast all the way through, you the real MVP. You're the real MVP. Take Thanks care, for, guys. Thanks for listening. Hello.